Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Superconscious Success Podcast, where Jen and her Superconscious Success family co-hosts bring you valuable content each and every week on topics relating to manifestation, spirituality, and most of all, using your superconscious to manifest success in all areas of your life. Now on to today's episode. Hey there, Superconscious Success fam. Just before we get into the interview, this is just a brief message. Uh, this is actually a recording of the 2021 Superconscious Success Summit interviews. If you do want to check out the introductory for all of the guests, then you can go across to our Superconscious Success YouTube channel where you'll be able to find all the introductions. These particular podcast interviews will be the interview only. Okay, thank you. Now let's get on to the interview. Hey there, Superconscious Success fam. Welcome back to another amazing interview on the Superconscious Success Super Summit. So today we're actually going to be talking to Judy Graham. And Judy is a rapid transformational coach. If you have not yet listened to her introductory video over on YouTube, make sure you head across there and listen to it because you'll hear her amazing story about what made her want to become an RTT professional and also what that big aha moment was that made her decide to change the direction of her life. So head across to the Subconscious Success YouTube channel and check that out. But now we're actually going to be going into the interview where you're going to be learning so much about how you can change your limited beliefs, how you can change the story that you're living in, um, and also how powerful our subconscious mind is because our subconscious mind is like our powerhouse in our mind. It is that which will direct us to where we're needing to go. And Judy is going to be going into that in much greater depth. But first, let's say hello to Judy. Hey, Judy, how are you going? Oh, Judy, we've got a little bit of a, little bit of a um, connection issue, but you will come back in just a moment, I'm sure. Judy's all the way in New Zealand and there must be something crossing the lines here, but we'll be fine. We'll keep going. So Judy, I'll ask again, how are you? I'm great. Thanks, Dan. How are you? I'm doing, I'm doing incredible. I'm, I'm really happy to have you here today um, to talk about RTT and to talk about how we can use that process to be able to change the direction of our lives and to be able to really start to live up to our purpose. Um, so we're going to start, we did go a bit into it in the introduction, but we are going to go into what rapid transformational therapy is and how it may be able to help somebody move forward in their life. Yeah, so RTT as it's known for short, it's a highly effective therapy um, that offers incredible transformation results by combining the most beneficial principles of hypnotherapy, neuro-linguistic 
programming, NLP, psychotherapy and cognitive behavioral therapy. And this is designed to access, recode and rewire the subconscious mind. It's actually a hybrid therapy that Marissa Peer mm -hmm. developed um, and through her life's work, working with, you know, Hollywood celebrities and CEOs, royalty and sports stars. And it's based on, rather than treating the client's presenting some per se, RTT actually extracts the root cause yeah. on every issue because it uses hypnosis to bypass the conscious mind and be able to access the subconscious, you see? Right. So, um, and as you all know, we, we don't come into this world, we're not born with all these negative beliefs. No. We, um, thinking that we're pretty cool and we've got it together and you know all these habits and bad habits but we've all just acquired them over time yeah because uh, our belief system that starts from when we're children and like you said we don't come into this world with negative beliefs we come into this world with a blank canvas yeah. and it is actually our association with authority figures in our life which will predict how our belief system occurs as we as we move forward. So yeah. can you go a little bit into, into our belief, what limited beliefs are in our belief system? And what age do our beliefs become ingrained in our subconscious? Yeah, for sure. So um so let's start at the very beginning. I think that mm -hmm. sounds good. So a belief. Okay, so a belief is just a thought that you've thought over and over again. Okay? Yep. So, and it can be positive or negative. Mm -hmm. That's the basis of it. Right? So when you're talking limiting beliefs, you're talking beliefs that are negatively based. Yeah. Have the potential to um, limit you on your capabilities in a nutshell yeah. mm -hmm. right so um with regards to um like our subconscious okay um it's it's actually you just think of it like a filing room okay so it, it stores all our beliefs and um experiences trauma memories everything that you've seen done or thought is just housed in there okay mm. and the, the thing about the subconscious mind is that it doesn't discriminate yeah it doesn't it doesn't judge or censor because you can manifest success abundance and health just as easily as failure ill health and misfortune yeah right and your subconscious accepts what is impressed upon it with feeling and repetition and this is where this is where um affirmations and this is where self-hypnosis and all of these different techniques can come into effect right exactly, exactly. and it will accept anything you think repeatedly yeah all right so because it 
it can't distinguish between truth and lies. But the interesting part is that your mind can't hold conflicting thoughts. Yeah. Right? Because they cancel each other out. So, for example, if you said, um, I want to be slim, but I love eating cake. Yeah. Right? Or I want to be a public speaker, but I'm so scared of rejection. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. And, and this is why some people find it hard to manifest their desires. All right? Conflicting, yeah. Yeah, because so when this happens, when you become aware of it, you know there is a limiting belief happening that is stopping you from achieving the success or being able to manifest what you want. So put it another way, say you want something, mm -hmm. right? But deep down, you think it won't happen for you. Yeah. That it's not possible. Well, it can't manifest because the thoughts are conflicting. Mm -hmm. So the conscious mind is saying, I want this. And the subconscious mind is going, yeah, right. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. And this happens a lot when we're talking about finances and a lot when we're talking about money. People yeah. will go, oh, I want to make $100,000. But then underneath they're going, um, but that's not possible. Or, or they, they start to question how it's going to happen. And anybody that knows about the laws of the universe will understand that how something is going to happen is not up to us. Yeah. That's not our job. Our job is to decide what we're wanting, decide what we're desiring. Yeah. Um, I don't even like saying wanting because that indicates we don't have it. We have yeah. everything that we desire right now. Yeah. But unfortunately, these limiting beliefs are stopping us from accessing it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, what are you going to say? I'm just going to tell a little example about that. It's like mm -hmm. several years ago, um, I was a legal secretary and I was wanting to go for another job and I was looking through the ads and there were all these ads and they were saying, um, you know, I don't know, 38,000 and I was getting really annoyed because it was wanting all the skill set. Yeah. Word and PowerPoint and access and everything else. And I happened to say, say something obviously out loud to, to my husband at the time. And he said, he said, uh, he got me thinking, he said, why are you even looking at that pay scale? What do you want? And I said, I want to earn 50,000. And he said, we'll go for the jobs that are 50,000. And mm -hmm. But I can't because... Ah, <laughs> then your limited belief was you didn't have the skills to be able to earn the 50,000. Right. Well, I did adjust my thinking and I did focus on the 50,000 and I did land a job for 50,000. Yeah. And that... And that's the thing, and and it does happen a lot when it comes to when it comes to money because money is such a big topic yeah. um, for pretty much anybody um, yeah. because we are so fixated on it, and because everything that well everything you want to buy or the experiences that you want all takes money, but what we have to understand is that money is energy. Yes, that's all it is. I mean, it's a piece of paper with some ink on it. It's, I know. 
it's a way for us to transfer value. That's, that's, that's pretty much all money is. It's energy that allows us to do that. Um, but we're so fixated on it. And we're so fixated on what's in our bank account. And we're so fixated on um, how are we going to make that money. We, we want to make $100,000 because we want to go on a trip or we want to pay off some debt or whatever it is. Um, and we go, but I don't have any way that I can earn 100000 My job's not going to pay me 100000 or, you know, I'm not going to win the lotto. Or, but you don't understand that there are so many ways that this can happen. Yep. That if you let go of the how and you become clear on why and you start to work on those limited beliefs that we're talking about. And I don't know about you, Judy, but one of the ways that I find really helpful for doing that is embracing knowledge. And so what I'll often do is I'll go and I'll look up all stories of different people that have done exactly what I'm wanting to do. And I'll look at the testimonials of people that have actually succeeded with it. And I'll go, you know what? It's possible. People have done this. There's no reason it can't happen for me. And once you start to do something like that, you start to really reprogram your subconscious to be able to understand, oh, you know what? Yeah, this is, this is possible. And you've got to believe it and you've got to feel it. Is that right? Feeling comes in too, right? Definitely. Most definitely, you know. And, of course, like, you know, if we, if we looked at our beliefs, hmm. right, so around about the age of seven, yep. I, um, our beliefs become ingrained. Because don't forget, you've had seven years as children. Um, they are constantly absorbing everything that is going on around mm. everything that is said, how people react yep. in situations. And um, it, it's all just, they're like a sponge right yeah so so come come around about the age of seven and they form some pretty ingrained beliefs at that at that stage and the thing is is that particularly the negative based beliefs they're the ones that have the potential to block mm. you know from achieving any success in the future and they can often and they can often be the harder ones to actually break yes. because because it's been ingrained for so long yep. that um, that it's actually convinced us that what we're telling ourselves is right that's right that's right and so the thing is like with kids their minds aren't developed enough mm. right and they can't fully comprehend yet and they're so impressionable and they just believe everything and everything is based on emotions. Yeah. So, so you can't say, you try and explain to a seven-year-old that they, um, you know, that they can't have, go to the shop and buy some lollies or something. Do you know yeah. what I mean? They just like, they can't comprehend that. That you know the questions, the why, the why, the why keeps coming up. They just haven't got the, um, you know, capacity to understand. And then of course at that age they ask why they can't have it, and you go because we can't afford it. Yeah. And what does that tell them? They Thanks. tell it tells them that um, money is hard to come by, and that um, that we have to believe that you know that the scarcity. 
Yeah. Um, and I know growing up, I mean, I have two amazing parents that have, they've sacrificed a lot for us. Yeah. Um, but I remember situations where um, the lights were disconnected because we couldn't pay the bills. We yeah. went through times where we went through a lot of poverty because my, my dad um, got hepatitis and was in hospital for like three months. So we didn't have income coming in. Yeah. Um, and so I remember they did the best that they could. Mum went for days without eating just so that she could feed us. Yeah. But all of that is sti was still ingrained in my mind yeah. as to that scarcity. Um, and at that age, we didn't know what was going on. Mm. All we knew was that we had no power. Yeah. Um, all we knew was that, you know, and they tried to protect us from as much as they can, but there's still messages that are going through our subconscious at that time. Okay. And so as I've gotten older, um, prior to really working on it myself, I was under the impression that it was hard to come by, that money was scarce, that you had to, because my parents both had jobs, so they weren't, my mum wasn't a stay-at-home mum. And so I was under the belief that, you know, um, that you had to work hard, you had to really hustle and, and stuff for your money. Yeah. And so it's, you know, it's kind of, like you said, it's ingrained from about seven years of age. And then every situation you go through as you get older um, impacts that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So did you have anything like that as you were growing up? Was Did you have, because we're going to go into stories and the stories that we tell ourselves, and that comes back to that limited belief. Yeah. It comes so, back to what we've gone through. Yeah. I try, so trying to get... Um, you know, get 50 cents off my mum yeah. to buy a pie at the at the time was like trying to extract blood out of a stone. I'd be oh, lucky if I was able to go money, to huh? <laughs> It was like trying to, um, you know, I was lucky if I could, could buy my lunch once a month, right? Okay. And, and yet I would see other kids from um, lower income families, rock yep. $10. Yep. And, and, then, and then, you know, I always wanted that, you know, those pair of Levi jeans. <laughs> <laughs> that were the rage. This <laughs> is really showing my age, I have to say. Um, and and my, my mother would say, no, no. Um, too expensive. I think they were a hundred dollars at that stage. No. I can't afford it. Um, and she would, she would hand sew. <laughs> I remember those days. Like, yeah. So yeah, um, yeah. The money, the money stories are there, left, right, and centre. You just, you know, you just learn. But you just don't ask. Yeah, yeah, don't ask because it's going to get you into an argument. Yeah. Um, and and the harder thing is if you've got two people in the in the household that have different beliefs about money. Yeah. If you've got a, a mum and a dad that have very different beliefs, mm. uh, that can be even harder. Yeah. Because one will be like, you know what, money's not scarce. We'll be fine. We'll come across it. It'll be all good. And then the other's like, ah. Uh, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. 
you know. Um, so I think I think it just depends on depends on the beliefs surrounding the um, the two parents as well. And another thing with um, that can often be an issue is body image. Yes. And how we feel about our bodies. And and I know growing up, um, my mum was a bit of a, a yo-yo dieter. Um, she had weight issues. And so I remember from, I had weight issues as well, which you can kind of understand. Um, and so from a young age, we were on Easy Slim. We were on Weight Watchers. We were on um, you know, all this yo-yo dieting because I saw that. And so my belief was that we had to try all these programs and these programs were going to be our, our fix. It was going to be our solution. Um, and also it creates the belief that you're not okay the way that you are. And that's not what mum, mum had instilled in me. She just wanted me to be healthy. She wanted me to be comfortable and, and that in my own body. But, um, but because it started from such a young age, it had already ingrained those beliefs in, in my system. So then I had to go through and rework those beliefs yeah. and go, I love me just the way that I am. Yeah. I am okay the way that I am. And once you start to do that and you change those beliefs, naturally source comes down and says, cool, here's all the things that you can do to get to where you're wanting to get to. You don't have anything blocking you anymore. Um, because once you've got those beliefs that are blocking you, there's nowhere for them to go. Your subconscious is in control, right? Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, I, I do want to stress here, which mm -hmm. I think is really important, because every single one of us is carrying some type of emotional baggage. Yeah. Right? From the past, from our childhood, all yeah. right? But, but here's the thing beliefs are passed down from generation to generation mm -hmm. right and although it can be easy to blame the parents or a parent yep what has happened during childhood and to an extent that parent is responsible okay but if you were to actually delve deeper and understand what caused that parent to act that way you would undoubtedly find that they too had suffered some yeah. trauma and or are carrying their own emotional baggage. Absolutely. Own childhood, which has never been resolved. And when you become a parent, right, there's no handbook. No, there's not. And, you know, I, I say that to my kids. Oh, I say, look, I know that I'm not the perfect parent. I do the best job I can. But there is no handbook for being a parent. We, we do the best that we can. And I know that my parents only ever did everything that they did out of pure love for me. Um, and like you said, there is a point in your life. Start taking responsibility for where you are. Stop blaming your parents for where you are right now. I mean, I've, um, I've, I know people that are in like their what, 50s, and they still blame their parents yep. for things that haven't gone right in their life. Yep. And it's like, are you kidding me? You've had, what, you left home when you were 18, you've had that long to change your story, that long to change your belief system, and you're still blaming your parents? Mm -hmm. So I think that's something we need to be careful of is 
take responsibility. The moment you start taking responsibility for it is the moment you can start changing because you can't change if you don't accept where you are. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. That, that's great. And, and so the stories that we tell ourselves, if yep. we don't start to change those stories, what can happen? Does it keep, does it keep just, we keep reliving things over and over? <laughs> Here's a funny thing. So, so if, like, we've all played Chinese whispers, right? Uh -huh. okay. So you remember when you finally heard the last kid say what he or she was told, and you learn the real story, and you go, "Are you kidding me?" Like, <laughs> could right? be further away right. from it. Yeah, story, right? Well, the thing is, is this is what we do to ourselves all the time. And if you've ever noticed, if you would had, if you talk to, say, for example, if you talk to myself and my two brothers, all right, mm -hmm. about our childhood, you be would different? all different stories completely. Yeah. Some are off the Richter scale that is it goes seriously, right? The thing is, is that you tell stories to yourself if, all the time, mm. right? And every time you have a conversation, you're telling a story. So when somebody asks how your day went and all that sort of thing, you immediately begin to tell a story. But you also, when you were young, you learned very quickly that no one is interested in a boring story. Yeah, that's true situations where we've gone to tell somebody about whatever it is we're telling them and then you can see the eyes glaze over or they get up and start moving away or something and so we've learned to exaggerate mm -hmm. make that story just a little bit more interesting and the classic example is if you if somebody goes fishing and you ask did you catch a fish yes how big was the fish? This big. Yeah, when it was this big. <laughs> you know, like nobody would be interested if you just told the truth, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, the thing is that there's, there's nothing wrong with telling stories because that's how we relate to one another, okay? And the reason we normally tell stories is to get that pos um, positive response back, you know? Yeah. To get a bit of attention. But what you do want to be very careful about is the stories that you tell yourself. Yeah. And, and I think, I think teenagers are really good at this. Teenagers are really good at exaggerating. Um, and, and it will all depend, I think on, as we say, the positive versus the negative mindset, because teenagers are, they've got a lot of hormones going on. They've got a lot of things running through their minds. And so the stories that they tell themselves, as parents, we'll look and go, really? Like, but to them, it's real to them. You know, that, and I, yeah. That's their perception. And it's, and it's not really for us to say that's mm. right or wrong. Exactly. Okay. But it, but it is important that they recognise it as that's their perception. And mm. it, what it actually is, it's a mirror reflection. So when they see somebody else, okay, that's skinny and got the tight jeans on and, you know, everything else and they look perfect and they're judging themselves. Yeah. You know, it's a mirror reflection because 
like that person. Yeah. Know? But you've got to be very careful. I mean, at the end of the day, it's those inner conversations that you have with yourself. And my question to you is, the story that you're telling yourself, is it beneficial or not? Yeah. And by that I mean, is the story empowering you or limiting you? Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely critical. Are you building yourself up or are you tearing yourself down? And how will you know if you're even doing that? You'll know by the way you feel. Yeah. Right. Yeah, if you're if you're um tearing yourself down, you'll you'll feel those emotions that will tell you. Um, because sometimes because we've been doing it for so long, we don't recognize it. So like Judy says, figure out is something making you feel good, in which case you're actually lifting yourself up. And I often and I often say too, um, and I'm sure this is something that you that you probably transcribe to as well, is the people we're around can make a big difference too, can't it? Yeah. 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 You know, because and the thing is you see, like, because every thought has a has a corresponding emotion. Yeah. It okay and so your emotions are your indicators and they're going to let you know where you are at any any given time mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's just something to you know to be aware of and yeah. those inner stories they they will tell you whether you're in alignment or out of alignment absolutely, you know, like absolutely. negative or empowering or limiting you know yeah and and so um so if we were to put this into practice and we were to change our negative beliefs yeah. into positive beliefs what are some yeah. strategies that we can do to to start helping us to do that well the first one is to actually recognize you know to to acknowledge what it is mm. and and to and to be a to acknowledge and, and recognize the negative belief for what it is and remembering that a belief is just a thought you've thought over and over again until you've actually convinced yourself that it's true. Yeah. Right? So, so I know with myself, yeah. what I used to do too, if I had a really negative limiting belief that I needed to change to a positive, I used a lot of subliminal messaging. Um, because that's for those that don't know what subliminal messaging is, um, that is basically little messages that are recorded onto audio at a level that you can't actually hear it. Um, but we can't hear it with the ear, but our subconscious hears it as, as we're listening to it. So what I would do is I'll have it in the background as I'm listening to music or as I'm, um, sleeping even. Um, and that's a really good way of being able to ingrain that. And what I found was by doing that, any limited beliefs I had surrounding money, um, surrounding my body, just happened to lift. Mm -hmm. And without me even recognising it, I started to realise that I'm not worried about money anymore. My subconscious had changed that 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 whole story I was telling myself. Do you use a lot of subliminal messaging too? I suppose it goes along with hypnosis too, doesn't it? I, I did get into quite a bit of um, subliminal and I still listen to it from time yeah. to time. Um, that was a really weird thing. I, 
listened to one about um, um, getting more energy. And I tell you, literally only, and it was only 10 minutes long. And then that was the first night. The next, next morning, I got up early and got out and went for a walk. And I thought, what the heck? <laughs> this is so unlike me. What am I doing? <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. So it, it, do, it does work. Yeah. It does, but the, the, the whole thing about, so it, it can be really complicated. Yeah. Really complicated um, uh, if you're in a negative, if you've locked yourself into a negative mindset. But here's, yeah. you've got a, a couple of options, all right? The first one is go and take a nap, okay? Because mm -hmm. if you take a nap, all right, it's going to quieten your mind, mm. all right? Um, the second one is go and do some meditation. Yeah. All right. Think a thought and you focus on it for over 17 seconds. Another thought matching a, vib a vibrational match to it yep. will join it. Yeah. Okay, when you get to 68 seconds, you've got momentum. And trust me, that's when the thoughts are racing on oh. a particular subject. And it's like a runaway train and you can't switch it off. So That's you when you start to get all the downloads coming. I call them downloads from source because that's when you'll start to get the, you'll just be in this natural high. It's yeah. like this, 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 I call it an exploding level of joy because yeah. it's, um, it's almost like your heart's just full of, full of so much love. And you've got all of these, all of these ideas coming into your head, and you've got to be real careful because there's so much that Source is trying to download to you at that time. Have a notebook near you, but um, yeah, once you start getting to that point that you you've moved from being in this negative state to having this gratitude, all you need to do is focus on something you're grateful for for 17 seconds. Mm. Oh wow, there's something else that I'm grateful for. Okay, let's focus on that for 17 seconds. And you keep repeating it. And then you'll just start to all of these, these thoughts that you previously had don't exist anymore yeah. because they've been replaced. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know about you, but with me, um, if I'm feeling a bit like that, first thing I do is smile. And I know it's really hard to do, but you can't be sad and smile at the same time. Exactly. If yeah. you've ever tried it, I tried it. Someone, I can't remember who it was. Someone told me to try it. And I couldn't literally have a negative thought and smile at the same time because they're two different responses and they work on two different um, parts of the brain. So, um, so yeah, so it's, um, it's an interesting technique to try. Yeah. But also too is, um, thing is, is learning how to empower yourself. Mm -hmm. All right. And like at the heart of, at the heart of our negative beliefs, is the perception of how we see ourselves. So, like, you know, as I mentioned before, I have a 10-month-old granddaughter living with me, and she's just starting to walk. Mm -hmm. If you watch her closely, when she falls down, she doesn't just sit there and get all sad and down in the dumps and thinks to myself, I can't do this. She just naturally stands straight back up and carries on. And she will keep doing that until she perfects the process yeah. 
Right. Unless an adult steps in and goes, are you okay? Are you okay? And that tends to imprint in their minds, oh, if I do this, I'm going to get attention for that. Um, so, yeah, so I've noticed that, like, even, even like little, like two, three-year-olds, if you, if they fall over and you go over and, and, oh, you poor thing, are you okay? Then, then they tend to realise that that's uh, something they can do to get the attention. Yeah. Yeah. But generally, if you were just standing back. Yeah. And watching. On, on their, on their own. And it's all about, see, like, um, we all came into this world right, full of high self-esteem, immense courage and phenomenal confidence. And it's time for you to reconnect to that, okay? Mm -hmm. So become your own cheerleader, become your own best friend. And whenever a negative belief pops up, flip it around, flip that script is what yep. I say. Flip it around. So instead of saying, I can't do it, we're flipping it to, I can do it. And here's the thing is that the mind learns by repetition. Yep. So you to, to form a new empowering belief, you must be thinking and reminding yourself constantly that you can do it. And this is and this is where affirmations can come in. Um, it's just telling yourself the same thing over and over and over again and feeling what you're saying. There's no point saying something you don't believe in because yep. our subconscious is actually, even though it doesn't judge, it's non-judgmental. Um, we are smarter than what we think. Our conscious mind um, will go, nah. Um, and so I think, no, our conscious, our subconscious, whereas our conscious mind will go, um, oh, I am rich. I am a millionaire. And our subconscious goes, no, you're not. Um, so what's your views on that, if we're repeating something over and over? So here's the thing. Um, mm. you, can, you can actually, you don't necessarily have to believe something. Yep. Right? But if you were to constantly tell yourself something over and over again, whether you believe it or not. Eventually you, you will. Eventually believe it. Great. So, so even if people don't necessarily believe what they're telling themselves because they're still stuck in that limited belief, if they did it enough times, yep. then eventually, which is I suppose what's happening with subliminals, eventually your subconscious will recognise that as, as being the new norm, as being the new story. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and obviously, you know, when you, when you put a bit of feeling behind it... Yeah. So it... it so this plays into visualization too. Yeah. So if you could imagine your life without the limiting belief, mm -hmm. right? If you can visualize that and then, you know, keep going with it and then add your um, affirmations to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you so it takes 21 days to form a habit. Yes. If you did that for 21 days, right, then you'd be well on your way. Fantastic. Well, Judy, this has been a real, like I said, some value bombs that you've really dropped there that is going to help our listeners to 
to understand how they can start to change their belief system, change their story and empower themselves to live the life that they were designed to live. So I really appreciate you being with us today. And um, can you just let us know where people can find you and, um, and we'll let you go. Okay. So, yes. Um, so I have a website that you can check out. It's www.judy-graham.com or you can check out, um, you can find me on Facebook as well. So, yeah. Excellent. Fantastic. We'll head across to our website um, and there will be a bonus gift that will be found within your, within your playbook, in which case, um, yeah, make sure that you, that you revisit this, this interview and um, grab hold of your, of your bonus. So, guys, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Judy, and I really appreciate you being here. Okay, thanks, Dan.